today I got to stretch my trophy husband wings and sit down and talk with two brilliant women. We're back on today's episode with Lindsay from Mind Money Balance, and we dive into something that we discovered is a specialty of hers that I actually don't think many people are talking about. And that is having uh, breadwinning women in the relationship where your lovely woman is making more money than you are. So this surprise episode was kind of an add-on to the interview with Lindsay that we had planned about budgeting. But as soon as I saw on her website all sorts of information about the struggles that women have when they make more than their partner, I knew we had to ask her some questions and dive a little bit deeper. So today's topic is all about breadwinning women and what they've done to retire their trophy husbands. Or not. (laughs) I wonder what Lindsay would say about that (laughs) sentence. Sorry, Lindsay, but definitely this will be interesting and let's get to it. Okay, so we're back with Lindsay from Mind Money Balance and she has been niching down into breadwinning women and really working a lot more with breadwinning women as a trophy husband or self-defined trophy husband or self-identified trophy husband. Tell us more about the work you've been doing with breadwinning women and couples Mm -hmm. where women's making more money than their man and uh, or their partner and what that looks like. Yeah. So it... It kind of happened organically. You know, we've talked before about how I ended up in couples work. I'm continuing on the path of couples work, but specifically couples who have breadwinning women. And I know this doesn't represent everybody, but I'm talking about men who are married to women and when she makes more. So it's about a third, 29% to be exact, of American couples who have a breadwinning woman. And what I have found to be so surprising is I'm in Ann Arbor, which is this progressive bubble. For those of you who aren't familiar with Michigan or the Midwest, I think we're the most progressive behind Berkeley. So we're like pretty out there. But I found women coming in who were killing it in terms of making good money. They're wearing the blazer. They're going in. They're in the C-suite. They're doing all the things. And then they would come in and say things like, "Ah, you know, I wish I didn't have this pressure to be the breadwinning woman. Or, you know, I know that I shouldn't feel this way, but I wish my husband made more than me. Right? And things that I was really surprised to hear, especially in the bubble in which I live. So I knew if this was happening in my progressive little bubble, it certainly was happening outside of it. So my niche happened just because of what I was seeing and hearing. Well, I think it's really interesting that you have brought this up because I don't think that women who make more than their spouse tend to really talk about it all that much. It's almost shameful. Yes. And there isn't a lot of conversation around, well, how do you handle it when a wife in the relationship is the person who is the primary income earner? Yeah. So what are some of the challenges that you're seeing that you are hoping to help women and their spouses Mm -hmm. overcome in this work? Yeah. Well, you hit the nail on the head with people not talking about it. So Both people have been surveyed, the men and women in these types of relationships, and both of them downplay the amount of money that she makes when she's a breadwinning woman. So we do not talk about it. We try and hide it. We try and quiet it. 
and we discount it, right? So even if we are the person as a breadwinning woman bringing in more money, we will give ourselves the asterisk, right? We'll say, well, it's just because so-and-so left the company and I was there, so I happen to get this position. Or we will say, you know, this is really just temporary. It's only because of blah, 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 right? So we'll discount it. And our partners will too, which is wild. So my goal in working with these couples is that when I interview each of them separately, they both agree that they could care less who makes more. It's really about the relationship. But when it plays out in the relationship, they care. Yeah. It plays out publicly or plays out between them? They care. Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in private, breadwinning women tend to do more of the household work than men who earn more money than her. So they are taking on the so-called second shift of, you know, doing more household chores, doing more cooking and cleaning. And they tend to, I said cooking and cleaning for a reason, they tend to do more quote unquote feminine chores. They're not going home and doing a bunch of yard work. And I know back into their gender roles. Exactly. Exactly. And I know for people listening, they're probably pulling out their hair because they're like, oh my gosh, you're stereotyping. These are old gender roles. But the reality is that's what we fall into. And we've been conditioned and socialized to believe these things. And that's been the biggest thing is these couples are saying like, we don't agree with it, but yet they've internalized it, right? So we identify most of our beliefs around money around the age of seven or eight. So before 10 years old is really what it comes down to. So we soak up all those gender roles too, even for those of us who grew up with parents who said they didn't agree with those things. Our society shows us something different. So it's really hard to separate. I find it interesting, you know, and I'm just maybe super counterculture to it where I'm candid about how much of our income Sarah makes mm-hmm. and that she's an overwhelming contributor to mm-hmm. that money side of our equation. And although you haven't a st- statistically eclipsed the breadwinner stake, come, she's not, <laughs> she is fast on my heels. We wouldn't live the life that we did, that yeah. we do without yeah. the contributions financially that she makes. And we had a really, there's like one specific story that I always remember mm-hmm. that I tell, and it's about the car. Mm-hmm. And it was a, three years ago now, I think. And you mm-hmm. were like, I want a new car. And we were in a bar and we'd been drinking mm-hmm. and we were having too much fun. And mm-hmm. I was like, with whose money? Mm-hmm. And I ran, that didn't go over particularly well. <laughs> and Ours <laughs> and mine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the next day I remember being like, dude, She's making more and more and more, mm-hmm. contributing more and more mm-hmm. more to the family's finances. Yep. And she's got every right to allocate dollars yeah. and advocate for those dollars mm-hmm. and how they want to be spent or how mm-hmm. they should be spent. And that it was me literally trying to re-engineer my brain in real time around early in our marriage. I made most of the money, sure. an overwhelming amount. And now it's almost 50-50. Mm-hmm. And it was like... I got to get right with that. Like, mm-hmm. I got to get squared away with that or this is going to be a problem. Right, right. And you touched on so many things in that example that come up in the couples that I work with. And one is this idea of the seesaw earners, right? So she makes more for a few years than he makes more and so on and so forth. So what happens is in those traditional gender role seesaw years, things seem okay. Then when they flip, they all of a sudden have to address all of these things. And then, okay, we can put it back in the closet, like we can quiet it down and so on and so forth. And then the other piece is the his money versus her money. And all of my couples, I recommend that they pool their money. Completely pool? 
Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. One bank account. Statistics show that that's better. And I do still believe in autonomy. So my husband and I, we get cash allowance at the beginning of the month yes. and we can each spend it however we want. That's our fun money to blow however we damn well please. And, and you get the great. same amount? We get the same we amount. We do the same thing. We, yeah. say, we call it the shopping budget. We oh, do the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess I do remember that. So yeah. So you're hitting on so many things that tend to happen in these couples. How do you get a couple to get out of the rut of one in this breadwinning world yeah. for women where the man is making less money or mm -hmm. contributing less and allowing or getting a man and wife to advocate and not feel like, well, she makes all the money, so like she makes all the rules. Yes, right? Because if we flipped that, everyone would be up in arms. If we said, well, he makes all the money, so he makes all the rules, people would say, no way, that's what we've been fighting against this whole time. So we don't want to totally reverse it where we again get into this power dynamic. So my job is to say, you're in a relationship, you're in a partnership, regardless of who's making the money, you guys should have equal decision-making power. One of the exercises I give almost all of of my clients is to do an asset list of non-monetary assets. So what do they each bring to the relationship that have nothing to do with money, right? And that can be hugely helpful because what tends to happen is even if she isn't putting down her man for not making enough money, society is, right? So he might be feeling emasculated for not making that much money or for being home or whatever the case may be. So making sure that both people in the relationship know what they're contributing outside of just their monetary value. That's really cool. What are some examples of non-monetary assets? Yeah, I mean, they can be as small as humor. Like I contribute a lot of humor to my relationship. It's super important. Or things like I'm a great dog parent. You know, Jetta gets the best walks or whatever it may be, right? So it can be big, it can be small, but it's anything that you are contributing to the relationship that has nothing to do with money. I've always found it, I think for me, it falls into, I'm a results-oriented person. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's just about getting to where we want to go, not mm -hmm. keeping score about who individually contributed what to yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I noticed on your website that mm -hmm. you have a new program mm -hmm. that is all about couples where the woman is the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about that? how it's structured and what outcomes you're helping people to reach with the program. Yeah. So I have had a wait list for financial therapy for almost a year. So we're recording this in January of 2020 and I've had a wait list since March of 19. So I simply can't continue to see more clients and I have people coming to me wanting help. So I'm using my skills as a therapist, but taking off my therapist hat a little bit and acting more as a coach or a teacher in my six-month program called Boundless. And it's all about helping couples to become exactly that, to not get caught up in, you know, these different labels that we assign to one another. It's all about strengthening your relationship by certainly talking about the money piece, but also addressing some of those other things. Like I'd mentioned, what assets you bring to the relationship outside of money, and also just reconnect connecting to yourselves as partners. So of the six months, only one of them is money focused. I mean, there's a money theme throughout, no doubt about it, but only one of them is really the dollars and cents and bookkeeping side. And the rest of them are really pulling from relationship therapy, 
So helping them to communicate more clearly, helping them to advocate for themselves, digging into some of the things that you guys already do a really good job of talking about on your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that looks (laughs) super interesting and I think would be a great asset to anyone in this situation. So I was excited to see that, especially since I've seen no other website on the internet that talks about (laughs) women who make more money than their husbands. So this would be a really interesting group to be part of. Yeah. If I could ask you for an exercise that you may give somebody that, you know, for them to take home and like we're big into actionable information Mm -hmm. on here and something Mm -hmm. that you can actually put to work. So, you know, we've got a listener, the scenario, we have a listener, they're a couple, breadwinning woman who maybe they're not on the same page Mm. on, on psychology around that so yeah do you have like a like a kickoff exercise sure. you like to start people with yeah i think oftentimes to get into what's buried under our heads i like to ask like a two-part question so let's say in this example the question is how do we become an equitable partnership so the two questions would be what do i need to believe in order that we are equal partners in the in the relationship and then do a brainstorm on all of that and then part two of that is what would need to happen in order for our relationship to feel really equitable and that will help you to dig up a lot of the stuff and then the things that need to happen would tap more into the action based part so you're hitting on the thoughts and feelings and the action so that whether you're a right brain or left brain you know you'll you'll find something to take away from that do you use any personality assessments with people when you're doing this at all? That's a good question. I don't. I use a money assessment. So there are four money personality types that I talk about in my book, actually. And so I have them do that assessment is to get a sense of which personality type they are financially so they can learn about their type and then their partner's type as well. Something that I just want all couples to know is that you can have a healthy, sexy, strong partnership even when one person makes more. And my job in Boundless is just to help couples find that and kind of set some of the money stuff aside so they can dig back into it. That's awesome. Where can anyone who's interested find out more? Yeah, if they go to my website, Mind Money Balance, and click on services, you will see everything you need to know about that program. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Confident Couples Podcast. If we've helped your relationship in any way, we'd love to hear about it. That's what keeps us going and keeps us recording these episodes. Let us know by submitting an anonymous contact form at budandsarah.com or send an Instagram message to at budandsarah or best of all, leave a positive review on your podcast app. We hope to hear from you and we'll talk to you soon. Mm